Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Situation Room. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Situation Room. I'm here with my co-host, Gabe Ferguson. Um, you guys can find him on Twitter. He's at Gabe Fergie. Um, I'm at Raven Sit Room. I'm Jordan Coe. And we got a statement win here, Gabe, for the Ravens over the Chargers. I mean, I think a lot of people um, did not think that the line was in the right place for this game. They thought it should have been closer to even or minus one, and the Chargers should have been favored, and the Ravens were having none of that. Yeah, this game was billed by a lot of people as like the game of the week. You know, it was two teams, four and one, leading their divisions, really playing at a high level, um, especially on offense. Um, there was a lot of chatter about, you know, Herbert and Jackson as MVP candidates, um, both like just really, you know, solid starts of the year. Um, and, and, and I was anticipating a much closer affair, I think a much higher scoring game for the Chargers. Um, but the Ravens defense came out and had something to say. I think they've been, they got talking to maybe they've been embarrassed a little bit in the past couple of weeks by their performance. And this one, they came out and had a game plan and they stuck to it and they really played well. And, and, it, and it made this game kind of a laugher pretty early. Yeah. I mean, you know, it helps when the Ravens can come out firing and they don't go three and out a whole bunch to start the game. So the other team can't get in rhythm of the running game. They're already chasing a little bit. And Austin Eckler had six carries in this game. And so, you know, whether whether you deem those carries effective or ineffective and whether you attribute that to the Ravens defense or not, the ability to hold maybe the best offensive player outside of Herbert on the Chargers team to six carries in this game ends up being a huge difference maker. And I think that's part of... You know, it's part of why we need the offense to do more more early in these games because it's not letting teams get into a rhythm. It's not letting them run the ball. It's not letting them set up a lot of these things. And then the Ravens can be aggressive and they can do all the things that we saw on third down because they get the down and distance to be able to, to attack like that in this game. Yeah, and, you know, I think the Ravens have been better on defense than they've shown. Um, I know it sounds weird to say that, but I think that they've kind of just had a few bad plays and it's gone to like, it's and this, this score sheet has looked different as badly than it more badly than it should uh, based on, on a few plays that they've really um, not held up. Well, I think if you look at on down to down in some games, they played really well, um, especially on third down, the defense has been good this year and they played really well in this game as well. Um, also on fourth down in this game. So I mean, that's something that, you know, I think the Ravens can continue moving forward, especially if the secondary plays at the level that we saw them play today. Yeah, and, you know, let's talk. Let's start with the Ravens' offense. And I think that, you know, the, look, all teams, all football teams play the, are part of this, right? Like, we saw it in the Colts game. The defense wore down at the end of the game because they just got tired. You had a fresh defense because of what the offense was able to do. First drive out of the gates was, what, 12 plays? Um, yeah, 12 plays for 90 yards. It, they did it in rather quick fashion, actually, um, like a six minute and 40 second drive. I feel like in 2019, those drives were like 10 minutes long sometimes when they were those those 12 pay long drives. But a lot of that came on the back of the running game. 
And, you know, what do you think it was? Uh, was it the Chargers defense or, or are the Ravens starting to pull it together here and, and finally get it going? You know, I think there's a lot of questions going into this game about how the Chargers would defend the Ravens, how the Ravens would attack the Chargers, um, because on paper, the Chargers were a bad run defense. And on paper, the Ravens, in theory, are a good rushing attack. Um, that, that's largely been bolstered by one game, the Chiefs game, where they just ran all over the Chiefs. Uh, I think most Ravens fans will tell you that the Ravens offense has not been a great running attack this year for the most part. But in this game, it seems like they had a good, you know, game plan. You know, they, they were attacking the the Chargers um, on the edges. They were using a lot of jet motion um, to kind of either both giving the ball to, the, to Duvernay on a couple of times or to, you know, hold the edge defender. They're doing mostly the same stuff that we've seen, a lot of counter, um, and, and they just were able to attack um, where the Chargers were weak. And I think that that is a run defense, and they were able to, you know, just keep the ball um, going, keep keeping getting positive momentum, positive plays. They weren't getting these like first down stuffs that that's been setting them back in a lot of the games where other teams have tried to take away their run. That they've you know devoted eight nine guys into the box to take away the run, Ravens' run defense or run game, and that hasn't happened in this game. And I think that's part of the reason why they were able to do so well because the Chargers were kind of allowing them to run the ball, and the Ravens took advantage of it. And I think that was just a good you know way to adapt to what they were given um we've seen you know greg roman do that this season he's been get, using his offense to attack what the defense is giving them whether the team is stacking the box the ravens are passing over it whether they're you know sitting in a, in a shell the ravens are passing into like the short intermediate areas and this one they had the running game going and they stuck with it and i think it, that made a big difference yeah, I'm going to post a, a video of Freeman's um, big run in the first quarter. It was a 16-yard run. You know, I, I'm interested to go back and try and look at some of the running film prior to this and see, you know, the Ravens did a really good job also of sealing off the end. And you even heard Archuleta talk about this a little bit in the commentary of the broadcast, but they did a really good job on the outside of kind of sealing those guys down. And Patrick Ricard in particular had a really get, great game doing that. You can see it. You can see it really clearly in this Freeman run where Ricard gets out wide. And then instead of, I feel like, and and again, this is probably anecdotal at best. So again, I've got to go back and watch it a little bit more. I feel like sometimes Ricard is always kind of leading up the field, looking for the next blocker, kind of letting some guys drift behind him sometimes um, because he had running backs in the past, like Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, that could make, guys, make that first guy miss. And those were turning into huge explosive plays. Um, it seemed like he was committing to that first block here, sealing off those edges and like letting him got his guys take space. And so you see Freeman break out this huge 16 yard run here, all thanks to really exclusively the block by Ricard being able to seal off that edge and let him letting him get up the field. So, you know, that's a tweak or something that I think is a little bit different right now on film. Um, you know, from what we've seen a little bit from how Ricard has approached the blocking scheme, but you know, also the offensive line, I thought, you know, generally speaking played pretty well in this game. Yeah, I think the offensive line played better run blocking than pass blocking actually in this game. Um, and, and getting back to this, this Freeman run, just because we're using it as an example. Um, but I would say that you know the Chargers had a light box; they had seven in the box. They had they did have a safety starting to creep up, but that the, the defense that they play with with um, Brandon Staley as a defensive coordinator, or I guess as their head coach, he doesn't play a stacked box. He plays a light box, and he invites you to run, and that's kind of 
the approach that they take, and, and the Ravens were able to take advantage of it. And this play here, you know, like you said, Ricard had a great block. He, he comboed really nicely with Oliver, who also did a good job of holding the edge. Um, so, you know, there was just an easy run for Freeman, who wasn't exactly explosive, um, but he was able to gain the edge, and he, and the two Ravens, you know, defender or you know, blockers had the seal for him. And then there was a nice block downfield. I'm trying to see, was it Boykin who was out there um, blocking? Um, I think it was Boykin who was downfield blocking for him. Um, and that's just a really nice... It's Bateman. Oh, was it Bateman? It's Bateman. Okay. Well, yeah. So that, that was, you know, you had three guys who were doing a good job of holding their blocks. Um, and that's really the difference in, in making some of these, you know, plays happen is when you, one guy misses their block, then sometimes he, what could have been a 12, 15 yard gain is, you know, a one yard gain or a minus one, you know, this game, they did a much better job in blocking in the run game, in my opinion. And, and I only said that about Bateman. I, I said it with such enthusiasm because I was surprised. I mean, I, I kind of assumed that it was Boykin and they were using him in a couple like obvious running situations, um, you know, as a blocker, but um, it's good to see Bateman get out there, get those blocks, get upfield. Um, be doing kind of all that he was doing in this game. And I think we'll talk about him a little bit later, but there's something else that you said here that I want to go back to for a second, which was the, those end arounds from Duvernay. And I think that, you know, that's a thing that the Ravens, we've seen a little bit of this like weird orbit motion thing where Hollywood kind of runs back to the backfield. And sometimes he does a little circle and a little dosy do And sometimes they fake the throw to him. And I think they even had one of those on that first RPO on the second and short. Um, you know, in the first quarter where they kind of use that that motion-ish. Um, but their commitments to the jet sweeps in this game, I mean, they obviously thought that they could beat the Chargers off the edges um, and that they weren't going to beat them. But that motion, I, I would take that motion on every single I – would, I would run it on every single snap because it puts so much stress on the defense to work laterally and think about different things in different directions. And the Ravens – the Ravens – are at their strength when they're forcing teams to go wide and go deep. Then you create all these holes for Lamar to be able to either throw into, run into, guys run into. And so we see it in the Lamar Murray touchdown. You know, you see it, it's a heavy package, right? I think it's a it's a 22 package. I think Ricard is like in line as the tight end. But you've got Duvernay in motion, another wide receiver on the outside. But Duvernay motions to the other side and it pulls – you pointed this out to me, it pulls the safety with him and it creates a crease and a lane for Latavius Murray to have a better shot at getting into the end zone there. That, it's just like the counter bash. When, when, when that was running at its best, teams were moving in, basically it was like the Red Sea parting. Teams were moving in opposite directions and it created a lot of conflict and a, and a lot of opportunities for this Ravens offense. Yeah, you, you said something there that I want to just hammer home and, and it's the stretching the defense horizontally with, with that speed that Duvernay brings. Um, that, that's something that I think they've missed a little bit with, as they have not had J.K. Dobbins in the backfield. They don't have that speed and that like horizontal speed that was able to really be a big part of their running game last year. And then specifically, Dobbins was the person who was doing that. And, and some of these jet motions Dobbins was actually doing in their kind of their counter bash scheme, he was the person who was, you know, running away from the action in this case you're using speed with duvernay to kind of replicate that um and it clearly worked on this play i think it's something that can be used um in other senses as well we saw duvernay get the ball in a couple of situations one of them was kind of like a little pop pass um, one was i think an actual like end around um, he clearly has that speed he can threaten the edge um, better than probably any other 
Ravens player, I would say, um, just in terms of this pure ability to, um, you know, with the ball in his hands. We see it in his in his uh, returning ability. Um, you know, while we're talking about him, may as well mention he's been phenomenal as a, as a returner, especially um, kick returner. We saw him get the get it back to the 50 yard line today. He's been really good in punt returns. He's a real weapon that I think the Ravens can use as kind of a, a I don't want to say a gadget player, but someone that um, has some versatility in the offense. Obviously he can catch some passes. He's not really a deep threat, even though he has speed, but he can make plays with the ball in his hands. We saw it last year a little bit. I think we can see even more of it this year, especially with, you know, some of the, you know, lacking of explosiveness that they have in their running backs. So I think he's someone I'd like to see more involved in the offense in these kind of play calls. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, he had a great game. I, I mean, Devin, Devin DuVernay had a great game this game. I think that they can use him that way. And I think that, you know, once once Watkins is back, that combination of kind of Bateman, Watkins, um, and Brown is going to be absolutely lethal. Um, you know, but I, you know, the motion, all of this, I think we saw, we saw it, it really humming and it really working early. The offense kind of stalled out a little bit there after, after the kind of first two drives. And then they were, they were be- the beneficiaries of a lot of short fields, um, yeah. some fourth down decisions by the Chargers, which I don't think were the wrong decisions, but fourth down decisions that didn't go their way. They gave the Ravens a short field Duvernay on that long kick return. So it, it made things a lot easier for the Ravens offense. So they didn't have a lot to do to still score a lot of points in this game overall. Um, but, you know, Lamar had some, you know, Lamar had some misses in this game that he, like the Bateman interception was just an awful throw. He threw it. I don't know what he thought he saw where he thought uh, Bateman was coming open like 15 yards away from where the ball went. So I'm not really sure what Lamar was, was trying to do with that one. That was just a bad throw. He, it was a bad throw to Prochet when he had him open deep down the field as well. Um, and then in the red zone, he missed both Andrews and Brown on a couple crossers. But, you know, those were four of, I think, his like six or seven incompletions. He still was over 70% in the game, which is more than what you can ask for from Lamar. He was the second leading rusher in this game. If it wasn't for that late um, Devontae Freeman touchdown, he wouldn't have eclipsed Lamar in terms of rushing yards either. He is still the engine that is absolutely driving this whole thing. Um, and it's worth pointing out that if teams... This is why we saw the last two weeks why Denver and the Colts absolutely, I think, sold out to stop the run. Because it's in this instance, it's death by a thousand cuts if you let the Ravens run on you. Because they're going to sustain these drives. They're going to keep their defense fresh. Like the the way they play the game, it, it's not that teams are doing this because they don't think Lamar can throw. It's that the only way that we can stay in these games some, in some instances is if we stop the run. Because if we don't, then what happens to the Chargers is going to happen to anyone they play. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's part of the advantage the Ravens have had in the past couple of years is, is maintaining time of possession, keeping the defense fresh. Um, once they get up on a team by a couple of scores, it's basically game over because, you know, with, you know, the talent they have on defense, the, the you know, the, the mind, the, the defensive mind they have in Wink Martindale, who's able to, and we'll get into it in this game too, call a really, really smart game. Um, it's, it's just really difficult to get back on the Ravens once they get these kind of advantages. So, I mean, I kind of think teams are right by allowing the Ravens to, to win by passing, although it does make them a more explosive offense. I mean, we've seen the Ravens be incredibly explosive this season when they, when they need to be, or when teams are kind of forcing their hand to be that. And they have the players to do that. But we saw in this game, they also have the ability to grind it out. They put together some really impressive touchdown drives in this one. Yeah, there were a couple 
couple drives where you know things didn't go super well um but you can't expect a touchdown every single drive it's just it's just not like statistically possible to do that but that said you know i i think it just shows the versatility of this offense and of this team and the ability to kind of you know change um from game to game to um defense to defense depending on what they're giving you you can continue to kind of like mold an attack that's going to be able to hit them and and beat them whatever way you need to which is something that i'm excited about because i feel like in the past yes we could rely on the ravens running game you know that they're going to be good at that but at times when teams really tried to sell out and take away the run the ravens struggled we saw it in the playoffs at times they weren't able to consistently string together drives because you know, teams were bringing eight, nine in the box, and the Ravens didn't quite have those offensive play calls and playmakers to go and make those plays when they were seeing those kind of crowded box situations. Now they can do that, and you can get these really long, like, drives from, you know, 12 plays, or you can get, like, a two-play, like, 80-yard drive. And I think that is what's different about this Ravens team. Yeah, well, and we talked a little bit about this when the Chargers went for it on fourth down a few times. I think some of that some of that is also just like keeping enough game clock to stay viable. Like by the time this game hit the fourth quarter, the Chargers were down so much. You know, obviously they didn't even bring Mike Williams back in. We don't know the status of why they, why he didn't come back in. Um, but it seemed like when they got to that point, like it, they had just kind of given up because there wasn't enough time left on the clock because the Ravens had eaten enough of that away. So you take away the run, you take away the ability of the Ravens to control the clock in that mannerism. And at least you give yourself time to attempt to come back if, if that's what you think that you have the opportunity to do as well. You know? Yeah. No, go ahead. Keep going. No, yeah, I was just, <laughs> just going to say, like, it's the Ravens were able to keep control of the game and listen because Lamar Jackson was able to make a lot of key three the third down conversions um they've struggled earlier in the season in, in third down situations in this game they were I think they were six for 11 on third down um yeah six for 11 and in the past game against Indianapolis you know they had a really bad start but then came out and got a lot better on third down um when when this team can convert on third down as well as you know, grind out long drives like this. There's like really nothing that can hold them back. And when you have, and when you have guys coming back, I mean, we obviously saw Bateman come, and and he had a pretty big game in this one. He had four com- catches, not like a major yardage, but every single one of his catches went for a first down. Like that's the kind of you know chain moving, you know drive continuing play that you can get from your from an, another weapon that you have. Obviously, when Watkins comes back, it's another guy who's going to be in the fold. Um, there's there's just a lot of different options now on this team and you know the running back room may not be the most explosive or the most like dynamic but with the wide receiver that you have and you have obviously Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the game he was once again super clutch in this game like he's been phenomenal this year Um, he had a couple huge third down completions you know Lamar obviously really good job by him finding Jacks or finding Andrews and in some of these third down situations but you know there's just so many weapons and it's it's just impossible to really cover them all and i don't think that we've seen a more talented offensive team for the ravens in the history of the t- the team being in baltimore like this is by far i think the most talented offensive team that we've had and it's, it's exciting because i think they're just starting to get started now yeah for sure i mean definitely I, bateman's we've talked you and i have talked about this on in the situation room before but we're excited about what the upside is of this team moving forward bateman and what he did on offense in this game is really promising 
Um, he looked really sharp. He looked like he made guys miss. He was good at the point of the attack for the most part in terms of catching the ball. Um, he had the one big drop. You know, it's his first game, so we'll let it slide. He's he's also a Ravens receiver, so he's going to drop the ball. Um, <laughs> but he looked good, and he looked like exactly what the Ravens needed out of that guy in that spot. And the Ravens seemed comfortable letting him play. And I didn't think they were going to do this, letting him play in some situations where they're going to run the ball. Um, and so I thought that was a good sign. We obviously, you know, you got Nick Boyle and Ronnie Stanley still on the shelf. Those guys can come back in the same mannerism. You know, the upside is the upside is really there. Um, you know, in terms of the only things that I've kind of been banging this drum, I think that's a little more than, than what I've been saying. I, I'd like to see the Ravens do a little bit less of this empty stuff. I still think that they're not at their most effective in it. I think that predominantly the remainder of the schedule, um, well, the the big chunk of the schedule towards the end of the year when if you include kind of Cleveland, Pittsburgh and the Rams um, are going to include guys that are going to win one on one. If there isn't a muddle rush against against Lamar, like Macari and Villanueva, whoever whoever is at right tackle when it, this is all said and done, and it's going to be one of the two of them is not going to win one on one against T.J. Watt. We just watched him destroy win the game for the Steelers in the fourth quarter. They, you know, there were times where the Rams were blocking, letting three guys block Nick Bosa. I have no problem with that, right? Like keep your quarterback clean, let Lamar do his thing. Um, you know, we saw we saw Joey Bosa destroy Patrick McCarry on one of these plays, just like Bob Miller did, you know, in the Denver game. And yeah, like sometimes you got to pick your shots and you got to take your chances one on one. But, you know, Lamar is going to equalize a lot of that. And, and you know, I, I'd like to see them tighten up and pass pro a little bit more. But I think that's going to be a work in progress all season. Yeah, I, I do think that's my one lingering concern about this offense um, is the pass protection at times. And, and just in general, the play of the offensive line, I think can be suspect it's not it's still not where i'd like to see it i think it can get better um obviously stanley getting back assuming close to healthy or closer to 100 percent than we saw in week one will be a huge improvement um it'll be interesting to see if they keep makari at right tackle or, or, or move villanueva back out there um because i think Mac- i mean makari's had a few bad reps here and there but Overall, I think he's played better than Villanueva has, um, just in general. Um, and, and I know Villanueva playing left tackle is not exactly the same thing, but um, I, I've been impressed by Makari. I think he's a little bit better in, in the run game as well than what Villanueva offers. So it'll be interesting to see what happens um, in that situation. Obviously, um, also the Ravens will be getting Tyree Phillips back, which I think can can be a help. Um, you know, they've, they had this like kind of rotation at, at left guard throughout the beginning of the season. Um, it's had its ups and downs. Um, they both kind of, I'm talking about Powers and Cleveland now, they both had their moments where they look good. They both had their moments where they haven't looked good. Um, I, th- I think Phillips might be, you know, a, a better option. Um, but I, I don't know. It's hard to say. He, I think he's probably the better of the run blockers of all of them. So if the Ravens want to get back to that, I think Phillips is the guy for them. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how that develops. Overall, though, I think there's, definitely room to improve um we, we saw a few instances in this game where the where the pass blocking kind of broke down um you know bozeman got beat kind of badly on a one-on-one um and lamar took a sack on that they, they've, they've had a few miscommunications as well um but i think you know things can can improve there it's just it's just a matter of gelling and, and as as these moving pieces you know kind of come together in the second half of the season i think it will improve especially i guess it was stanley getting back um so I, I think there's definitely room for upside. 
And then with the run blocking, we'll see. Um, you know, Boyle's going to be a huge part of that. That that's the guy who's he's been is the difference maker for the Ravens in in the running attack. And you know, some some of the teams are going to try and do what the Denver and what the Detroit Lions have done and try and take away the ground game. And if they do that, I'm not sure if the Ravens have you know the the guys up front to really push people around. Um, you know, against stacked boxes anymore. So that's when you just have to rely on Lamar Jackson and the, and the weapons you put around him. So I think, you know, they'll have the ability to kind of to move with whatever, uh, you know, opposing defenses do against them. Yeah. And, and Rashad Bateman with 45 snaps in this game. Um, wow. More than on, I expected. Uh, yeah. More than I think anybody expected. Um, at Yoshi 2052, uh, he puts out the snap counts really early. Check him out. He's, he's totally worth the follow. Um, some interesting snap count numbers in this game. Mark Andrews only at 38, um, which is, you know, for his impact in terms of the game, super high um, for five catches and and what was effective. But it looks like James Prochet is just going to lose his job to, you know, the combination of Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins when he comes back. There, there, there are no snaps once Watkins is back in there, I think, for Prochet, especially given that both Bateman and Watkins could take snaps on the inside. Um, so I'm a little disappointed to see that Prochet is not going to get an opportunity and that they aren't trying to kind of carve that out and build their, that there. I, it, it's just too bad because it's a lost asset in that sense for the Ravens that like Prochet is never going to do anything here. And I think that wherever he potentially goes on his next contract or if the Ravens give him a bigger role um, later in, you know, over the next two years, I, I think he could be a good football player if, if used if used appropriately. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a player who's a little bit limited in terms of where he can line up and be effective on the field. I think he's more of a slot guy. Um, I think he's effective in that role. And I think, obviously, we've seen him have, have big games running out of the slot. Um, so I, I do think he has a future with the team. He might not have a big role the rest of this season because I do think he's probably, you know, fifth in the packing order in terms of, of you know, where, where these wide receivers are going to line up. Um, but... That said, you know, you can always use depth at wide receiver. Um, obviously, like Watkins is out. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. So I think, you know, Prochet is probably going to be a guy who's going to see some snaps um, no matter what, just because, you know, they like his ability in certain packages. Um, and, you know, they like putting Hollywood in the slot sometimes too. You know, we, we've seen we've seen Watkins run out of the slot at times. I think Bateman will be in the slot at times. So they like to move their wide receivers around, but there will be snaps when Prochet's on the field. And then, like in the next couple of years, I don't, I doubt Watkins will be re-signed. I'm, I'm just saying that right now. He's on a one-year contract. You know, I think he's been a he was a good pickup. I think he's he they needed to have that veteran presence to start off the season. Um, but I don't see him as someone the Ravens bring back, especially with some of the other players they really need to resign. Um, and then and that's where Prochet can be a player for them. I think he'll be, you know, moving up that depth chart a little bit. You know, Duvernay has been out there a lot in these first few weeks, but he's someone that I, like I mentioned earlier, I, I love getting him involved, but I don't think he's someone you want running 50 routes necessarily. I think he's someone you might want running 20 or 30 routes and use kind of out of the backfield, use some of these jet motions. That's where he's going to be most effective. So I mean, Prochet, you know, I do think that he has um, some effectiveness and I, I think he could be utilized, but I'm not going to cry about him not being out there when, when the Ravens, frankly, I think have better receivers that can be playing ahead of him. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely do. I, I, and again, in, in the sense that it's just a lost asset of kind of having a few potentially too many guys in the room. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the, the those snaps for wide receivers develop and, you know, Prochet and Boykin both had four snaps in this game. Um, Yoshi had Duvernay at 35. 
Um, so a nice balance and a nice mix for this Ravens team. Got to keep those guys healthy. Glad to see that kind of across the board. So let's let's move over to the defensive side of the ball where the Ravens finally, I mean, you and I talked about this before the season started. Uh, we thought this was going to be one of the top defenses in the league. Uh, we thought they had the personnel and the talent and the play caller to do that. Obviously, the loss of um, Marcus Peters was significant, uh, but not one that should take a what we thought was a top three to five unit all the way down to what it, what it looked like the past couple weeks. Um, but we got a taste of what this this unit can actually really do this week. And you know, I think it, it it all started with it all started with their ability to defend the run. And I think that Josh Bynes is like just needs to be pointed out here because he played a fantastic game. He put on film what you know. Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison need to see. I think he took on and and took on that kind of mic role really effectively when he needed to. And it was it was really nice to see the Ravens get back to that classic kind of, especially on first and second downs, um, you know, being much better against the run. Yes, um, it, w- it was nice to see that. I completely agree. You know, I haven't seen the snaps for the Ravens linebackers in this one. And I know that Patrick Queen got banged up. So some of the snaps might be a little skewed because he was hurt. Um, but it looked like they were actually rotating the linebackers a decent amount. And it didn't even seem to always line up with like clear down and distance. He was out there um, because at times I saw Harrison and Bynes next to each other. At times I saw Bynes and Ford. Sometimes I saw Bynes and um, Queen. It seemed like Bynes played a lot. I'd have, I really want to see what the snaps look like. Um, but overall, you know, I think the linebackers had a, had a really good game all around. I think, you know, Patrick Queen, I didn't remember seeing him make a bad play, which is something that is good to see. I feel like most games he's out there, like there's at least like two or three where I'm like, oh man, that's just, that's just not a great play by PQ. Um, but you know, this one, I think he had a solid game. I think Malik Harrison had a few very positive plays in this one. Um, a couple where he, you know, made a good play in run defense. He made a nice play in pass defense in a couple of plays. Um, he he was doing well. A nice bounce back after um, last week, where I think he had his worst game probably as a Raven. Um, you know, you mentioned Bynes, great game from him. Board didn't really do much that I can recall, but he was out there on a few of those dime like kind of packages where he was either used as a blitzer or dropping into coverage. I think he did a good job as well. So really great ga- game from the linebackers. I think probably their best all round game we've seen this season. Um, you know, I, we can't really mentioned how good the Ravens played without talking about the secondary as well. I think, you know, obviously, I, so actually, let's, let me take that back. Let's start with the game plan, because I feel like, you know, we, we heard after the game that, that Herbert made comments about how the Ravens did things that he hadn't seen on film or they, they hadn't seen on film and were not prepared for. Um, it's hard to really know without all 22 exactly what it is that Ravens did. But one thing that I thought I saw was a lot more man coverage and a lot more like kind of like too high man coverage where they were just kind of taking away some of the deeper routes and also using those linebacker line linebackers and, and probably like a nickel underneath to kind of take away some of the intermediary routes as well. And I think that's something that they was wasn't being expected by the Chargers because the Ravens have them playing a little bit more zone. And one thing I thought was interesting was it looked like in some snaps you could see marlon humphrey lining up like he was playing zone and then flip his hips and drop in man and that's not something i think you see very often i think they were intentionally trying to confuse herbert and make it look like they were going to be in zone and then drop into man coverage and some of the routes that they were running just weren't working because they were a lot of zone meter routes i think and then they had the coverage that wasn't you just didn't have guys that were open and he 
wasn't able to process it and he just like threw a bad pass that happened over and over again well they definitely they missed mike williams i mean mike williams was clearly not fully healthy both either in usage in the first half in terms of how they executed and then in the second half when he wasn't on the field um they really missed they, they didn't have a guy that that was going to win kind of on the outside in that way um which held them back and then for whatever reason they decided to continue to try and throw marlon humphrey i, I mean as a ravens fan we welcome that <laughs> please do um you know and I, they didn't have a ton of success when they when they finally did start to go after avery but in big moments they were going right at the ravens best defenders they were definitely doing things to try and confuse them i thought the other thing the ravens did really well was the the chargers would do this thing after kind of watching that their last five games where they run these quick like crossers where especially from the tight end position where they or or from keenan allen where if he gets open as soon as he gets open they throw it immediately and the ravens were doing this thing where the line like whoever was in dime safeties linebackers whoever initially were coming in and up towards the line of scrimmage to defend that and then immediately as soon as justin herbert moved his eyes immediately moving back um and one of the things that i saw on film that herbert does exceptionally well is he moves off his reads really quickly but i think the ravens use that to their advantage they said we're going to take the thing that we think he's looking at first away and then we're immediately going to adjust in within the game plan or within the play itself to whatever we think he's going to try and go and look for next and so i think that i think that gave him a lot of trouble i think all year long it looked like the reads have been pretty simple for him that somebody i mean he's got a cannon for an arm but somebody is generally running open with a big enough window for you know his throwing ability to be able to get those throws in there and those windows just didn't appear this game and i think some of it also was just physicality from our our corners and in the, at the secondary level they weren't they they just weren't going to let them beat them i mean we it was to their advantage that bill vinovich is, was the ref like their their crew has been known for throwing less flags overall historically the Ravens, I think, were up in the faces of all those receivers when they were getting in and out of their breaks. They had hands on them. They were making sure that, that they were – nothing was easy for them in this entire process. Um, and they played a really – as a result, they played a really fantastic game. I mean, it's impossible if we're going to talk about the secondary not to talk about how good Deshaun Elliott and Chuck Clark yeah. were in this game in particular. Yeah, I mean, this. I mean, I would say Deshaun Elliott in particular, but, but Clark was the guy who was at the back kind of like – keeping them in sound shape i think the entire time and he was the one he's really turned into a center fielder for them in a, in a lot of ways and he, he may not have like the the ball hawking skills that you would want from like your traditional guy in the back end but he's always in the right position he's always you know getting players lined up in the right position i think he's just kind of a very smart and like intelligent football player who the, the ravens really can you know, used to their advantage, especially when you have someone like Marlon Humphrey, who also, I also think is very intelligent and he has a very high football IQ. Um, you you kind of see a couple plays every game from Humphrey where he's just like sniffing something out. Um, he hadn't hit he a play like that in this game. I know we're talking about the safeties, but I just wanted to just bit behind this because there was a, it actually went for a big gain. It was, it was this little like play to Austin Eckler. It was a pass. Um, and Humphrey was actually coming on a blitz. And then he saw that this, that, you know, that, um, Eckler was releasing on, on for the for the route and he fell back into coverage to try and take away that um, and he still caught the ball and he still picked up a nice chunk of yardage but you can just see you know he picks up on things like very fast when he's out there but getting back to the safeties you know Deshaun Elliott obviously had a really nice blitz um, where he was lined up on the edge he just kind of came around he was unblocked so not the like the hardest kind of 
splits you'll ever see or sack you'll ever see, but still a nice play. And then, then that interception though, that was just an incredible, incredible play. He was right there in the hip pocket of, of cook. He literally took the ball away from him. He put his hands up there right as cook was grabbing it, yanked the ball out of his, out of his grasp. And, you know, just, that's just such a good interception. That's a rare kind of play you see. And, you know, Elliot hasn't really been that, Paul Hawk of a safety either, but man, you've got to love to see him playing like this in a, in a contract year, nonetheless. You know, I don't know if the Ravens are going to be able to keep him around, but he's someone who I love to see, you know, pair with Clark on the back end for years to come. Well, and his addition allowed for a couple things that we didn't see in the Colts game or his addition, him playing this week. Um, one is that you saw more of Jimmy Smith being able to offend on the outside. Uh, I think the Ravens were trying to use him a little bit more as safety against the Colts. So we saw him on the play on a deep pass to Mike Williams. You saw Jimmy Smith out there and you want that. Sa- I like that savvy veteran in some of those situations. I know he's not the most he's not the most physically talented guy at this point in his career in terms of what you're going to get out of that. But I like that savvy. And it also let them use Stevens as kind of like the Swiss Army knife. And you still had a free safety that you really trusted. It, it seems to me as though Wink is willing. Like it may be one of those things where Wink just didn't have the trust of kind of the sets of guys that he had before this game to, to really unlock some of the the package. And I think that, that that's the other thing that I would say about this whole thing that happened on defense this week was that it seems like there were really two things. One, the safety play allows them to do that. Two, the ability to stop the run, get them into longer down and distance situations. And then Wink just called a fantastic game in terms of like blitzes, pressures, like how he was mixing things up and executing it, showing different looks and doing different things. Um, bringing the heat, you know, I, by the time the second half rolled around, the defense, frankly, was pretty vanilla. Um, you saw a big win on the edge from Justin Houston at one point, but like they did, they were just rushing for, they weren't doing anything complex or complicated and they were still stopping Herbert and this offense at that point. Um, you know, that's what you really want to see out of this defense. I think that's what they're capable of. And it was, it was really good to see. Yeah. It really showed the kind of depth that the Ravens have when they have all their guys. Um, and you, you made the great point of having Elliot back allows the Ravens defense to be so much more versatile because then you have someone like Brandon Stevens who you can use as, as, you know, as in the box guy, he doesn't have to be playing deep. He doesn't, you know, have to be doing the traditional safety role. So you can be more of like your dime linebacker. Um, and that, that allows you to be more flexible with what, what linebackers you have out there. Um, you know, Jimmy Smith wasn't relegated to being as much of a free safety. He, you know, he, he was used along with, up front he came on a couple of blitzes you know he's out as cornerback like you know Tavon Young doesn't have to play every single snap anymore it's it's just like you just have the ability to kind of use players in in the position where they're best utilized and and that's a really nice luxury to have you know we went into the season thinking the Ravens had probably the deepest uh, secondary deepest corner room like in the NFL and even with a couple injuries they're still showing that they really have that when they're all out there and playing at their at their best they're still one of the if not the best secondary in the nfl and i just hope that they can continue to play at this level um and and we'll see you know in in the weeks to come was the first few games like kind of the aberration or is this um you know what we expect to see from now on out or is this kind of just like one game where they had a great game plan i hope this is kind of what we expect to see moving forward now that you have more players out there um you know, they should still be getting some more guys back. You know, with Derek Wolf, Chris Westry will be back at some point, hopefully. So they do have a lot of guys um, 
who can really help out in this defense. And it's it's just going to be exciting to see as this, this team comes together, um, as as the coaching you know gets better, as they adjust to like what's working, what's not working. I think that's it's just going to be a, a really solid unit as as the season progresses. Yeah, no, for sure. And the Ravens were the beneficiary of some pretty poor play by the Chargers. You know, I, there's a lot of talk about West Coast teams having to come East Coast and then play at 10 o'clock in the morning. I do think it makes a difference. They There were three or four drops from Chargers retreat receivers that felt very Ravens-ish in this game, especially over the middle of the field where they had the ball in their hands and, and you know, it, it just didn't happen. Um, and then Herbert just didn't seem to even – he just didn't seem to have it in terms of like his accuracy and where he was putting the ball. I think the Ravens did get into his head and that played a part in it, but you know, it's, it's nice to see that, you know, the chargers had what 51 overall offensive snaps. And that includes kind of after the Ravens really did seem to take their foot off the gas. Um, so that's significant. And their biggest play of the game, um, you know, which was that pass to, to Mike Evans shouldn't have even been a completion. You know, the ref should have, should not have picked up that flag for a legal man downfield because he was blocking. Because if he was a legal man downfield, that means he was more than three yards downfield. And you're only allowed to be blocking one yard ahead of the line of scrimmage. So I don't understand how that vacates that penalty, but maybe the NFL can tell us later this week. Yeah, I was really confused by that because I, I, I went back and watched that partic- in particular because I wanted to see how far the guy was downfield, what he was doing. He was like four or five yards downfield. And he was, yeah, he was engaged blocking. But I don't understand how that's picked up because... I've never heard that before. Like, it doesn't make that, any right. sense to me. No, it's illegal. Like that—that that is not a. It is more illegal to be blocking. So you're not allowed to be blocking a man downfield on a passing play two yards down the field, but you are allowed to be standing there, right? I don't, I, I don't know. The, I don't. I don't get it. I feel yeah, like it's like, it's it was just a mistake. Yeah, it, it it was a wildly bad mistake, and I don't understand how. I don't understand how. Like either I don't know. I don't understand how the little people with the buzzer didn't kind of buzz down to them and say, "Hey, that's that's actually a penalty, and we need to fix those kind of things." But um, either way, you know, it, everything was coming up, you know, re- really well for the Ravens. A couple guys that I think that we, you know, I would throw some shout outs to. One of them I thought was Justin Houston played a really great game. You know, for a guy his age, he has brought a really nice presence off the edge. Um, he has been he's been really good in those situations when they needed him to. Um, and it's been really nice to see. And I know a guy that you thought played a great game was Anthony Averett. Yeah, I mean, he, I wouldn't say it was like an amazing game. He still had a couple of completions, but he had a nice a couple of nice passive breakups as well. You know, I think especially after a week where he got um, kind of abused, I think that's a nice way of saying last week he was targeted a lot. He let up a lot of completions. He really bounced back. Um, he had. He just he just had a good game. It wasn't it, it might not have been like amazing, but he did what he was asked to. He 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 played soundly. Um and I think that's what the Ravens want from their second, you know, outside corner. So I think he also had, you know, a couple of nice plays in, in run defense. So I'm 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 happy with where he is. I think if he continues to play at this level, the Ravens will be will be pretty good shape. Um one thing I would also say is Clay Campbell is still an incredible player. Um, he's he's having a phenomenal game. He had a couple of really big run stuffs, and, I, and you were talking about how important it was for the Ravens to get back on track in terms of their run defense. And Campbell is, you know, I think by far their best run defender up front. You know, you have Brandon Williams, who everybody you know talks about as you know the guy the Ravens can't lose or they, their run defense falls to shambles. But Calais Campbell is really the guy up front. He's phenomenal. He had, I think he had a couple of tackles for losses in this one, just constantly being at the point of attack when, when they're stuffing these run plays. Um, 
I'm a little worried about his actual snap count because he was out there as like the single defensive lineman in a, several um, snaps like late in this game. Like I think he's not someone you want out there when you're up 25 points or however many points they're up. Like you can give Calais a few a few breaks at the in the second half of the game when when it's a blowout. He doesn't need to be out there. Um, I want to but- see. I want to see you try and stop Clay's Campbell from getting on the field if he decides he still wants to play, though. <laughs> you know, that's a fair point. But, I mean, I want him to be out there when, when the games are really mattering in December and January and February, hopefully. Um, I, don't, I don't want to see him get nicked up, you know, on a, on a late fourth quarter play where he, like, you know, does something and sprains his ankle or something. That, that would be really bad for this, for this defense because he is by far their best player up front on this defensive line. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm kidding in the sense of I, I don't think you or you and I could stop Calais Campbell collectively from doing anything he ever wanted ever. Um, but um, I, I agree with you. I thought that the Ravens should have pulled Lamar a drive sooner than they pulled him. Um, you know, this game was this game was already you, you got to protect the guys that are important, especially even more so now that you've had such significant injuries at significant spots for this team. Like like if they were to lose another guy um, for the year and a significant, you know, one of the really big contributors, it's it, it's really going to sting and it's really going to make it tough, um, you know, for this team to kind of recover from some of that. But there was something in there that you said that I thought was really emblematic of this game in particular. And you said that everybody was just kind of like doing their job. I think that we're talking about some standout players, you know, Clayus Campbell had a couple of great plays, right? Like Deshaun Elliott, obviously with the, the splash plays, Josh Bynes had a couple of good plays. It wasn't, it wasn't hero ball, right? Like it wasn't this, like, we need to, you know, we need one guy to kind of step up and do everything. You know, Marlon Humphrey had a couple of big pass, pass breakups and a couple of big moments, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like, but they're letting the game come to them. They're letting the system and the strategy of, you know, what their game plan is going to do actually be the thing that they're going to execute on. And when they do that and they don't try and overdo it and over, you know, be the hero consistently and they just play within the system. I think that's the thing that this team needed to get back to. And hopefully, hopefully that we continue to see that. And this team is going to have some time to build now because, you know, this ends up being a short podcast because this game, you know, from a overall perspective was not all that interesting. <laughs> the Ravens were basically up 14, nothing. And then and the game was over. Um, but we got a, there's a really big Bengals game on the schedule for next week. You know, obviously with, uh, with them being the, the Ravens have the have an opportunity to make it a full two game lead in the AFC North if they can win that game, um, that would be significant. And then on the other side of that, you you've got the bye to get healthy again. And I think it'll be really interesting to see coming out of the bye: is Boyle back? Is Stanley back? Like where? Like who is getting activated and who is ready? Is Chris Westry back? I, I know the you know they've talked a little bit about him being back from the bye. Can the Ravens actually carry fifty three guys on their their active roster by the time we get done with the bye? I hope so. Um, but you get the the Vikings, Dolphins, and Bears, including a Thursday night week against Thursday night game against the Dolphins, which turns out to be fantastic, because um, then you get a little mini buy going into the Bears before you kind of get the AFC North gamut. So, you know, the Ravens are in really good position at right now for the rest of the season um, as it kind of sets itself up right now. Yeah, I think that they are in pretty good shape. Uh, obviously, next week's game is is a big one. Um, hard to imagine the Bengals are four and two and looking like the Ravens stiffest competition in the division. I don't think most people expected that to happen before the season, but right now, you know, they look like they're playing better than the Browns are. Um, and I know some of that is schedule related, but you know, the Bengals, they're 
better than what I was anticipating. I thought they would be feisty this year, but their defense has actually been pretty solid. Um, and, and, you know, their offense can be a little hit or miss, but Jamar Chase is having a really good year, and, and obviously the Chase to Burrow connection is going to be something the Ravens have to account for. Um, in, in, the, in the past, the Ravens have kind of had Joe Burrow's number. Um, I know it's only been a couple of games, but um, or maybe, was it even only one game they played last year? Um, but they, they just made him look horrendous in, the, in that one game. Um, and I don't know if, if he's still playing at that same level or if he's kind of moved ahead and, and kind of like leveled up, <laughs> so to speak, as a quarterback in the NFL. Um, he's, he's having a good season. Um, and I think that the Ravens are definitely going to have to come with their A, a game. Um, and the Bengals aren't going to be easy. But it's going to it's going to be an important matchup, and if they can win that one, then you know they're they're in good shape moving moving forward. So, I think that you know it's going to be interesting to see you know how the defense can build on what they did this week, and they kind of take a similar approach to another quarterback who's in his second season, um, who might have some of those issues that kind of you know reading a defense, um, especially a complicated defense like Wink throws out there. I think there could be some advantages for the Ravens there, and then on offense, you know what do they do against a team that kind of gave the Ravens some trouble at times on defense last year? I think they, you know, they made Lamar uncomfortable in a game, um, you know, forced a lot of incompletions, a couple of, of bad plays. Um, so we'll, we'll see what, what they can do. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited as this season progresses, hopefully we get a lot more of these boring games that we can, we don't have to kind of dive into a ton of uh, problematic plays that we, we have in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, no, totally. I, I mean, hopefully, hopefully this run continues. I think that there's a good chance that by the time we hit week ten, this is a, a eight and two or better team, um, and they're setting themselves up nicely for that. And they're really the crescendo here for this team is going to be guys coming back from some of these injuries. I mean, if if Stanley can come back, if Boyle can come back, if Wolf can come back, if Westry can come back. I mean, those are like obviously Tyree Phillips. He I think he had like four or five snaps in this game, but if he can get healthy. And the depth on the offensive line is significantly improved. So there are just so many. This team has room to recover and get a little bit better just from an overall health perspective. And that's really, it's nice to see that there will be some rallying of the troops in that regard. Um, and and I'm excited to see what, what this Ravens team is going to bring us the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's a, like you said, there's a there's a bye, right? So Ravens get one more game, then a bye. Yeah, it's a and bye then, after, yeah, after Cincy. And then it's a few of, a, kind of a, soft schedule for a couple of weeks and then then the, then the real heart of the schedule hits home so you know they're gonna have a chance to get get these wins um and stack them now and hope hopefully they can continue rolling as, as the season progresses yeah well thanks everybody for joining us in the situation room um and we'll see you next week say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.